This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we've got a very special guest. He's somebody who is very familiar to you if you listen to this show because he's on all the time. But now he is on live from Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine, Mr. Daryl Slater of NJ.com and New Jersey Advance Media. Daryl, what's going on, man? Too much. Getting ready to head home from the Combine here shortly. But yeah, it's been a been an interesting trip, productive trip, and uh, another year in the books here in terms of our participation and, and presence at the Combine. But it'll be going on until Monday with the drills and Girls get rolling today as we're talking here on, on Friday. So uh, big, big draft coming up for the Jets, big offseason, and the stage is sort of set for both of those things at the Combine. And as I understand it, you actually just learned some interesting news, right? Yeah, just kind of talking to people around Indy here at the Combine. Well, you know, not like just like people who live in Indy, but obviously like people who are, you know, associated with, with the NFL, you know, folks in league circles and stuff like that. Um, you know, just, just a few little tidbits coming out uh, about – some of the Jets pending in-house free agents. Of course, we know Robbie Anderson has gotten the second-round tender, which is absolutely not surprising at all. That Robbie Anderson will almost surely be back with the Jets next year. But And you know, they've sewn up Quincy Anunwa. We know that. He was their top in-house free agent. And you look at the rest of those guys, um, who, who are the other important guys? Henry Anderson, certainly one of them. And there's you know, a few other intriguing um, intriguing names and to watch, notable names um, and uh, you know, the thing is right now, technically, you know, until March 11th, the Jets uh, and uh, really have exclusive negotiating rights officially with their in-house free agents. Now they can kind of gauge the market on, on other players, and that's what they do here at the Combine. Um, but in terms of negotiating a deal and hammering out a deal within the confines of, of the league rules, uh, they can't really do that with with outside free agents, Le'Veon Bell and, and all those guys, until like March 11th, right? Two days before free agency starts. There's a two-day window where they can negotiate, and then all the signings happen immediately on the 13th, the big ones. But right now, the Jets, uh, if they want to re-sign their in-house guys, they you, you know do you usually see teams get it done in, in terms of some of the prominent guys before March 11th or March 13th. So just three guys today was, was kind of asking around about Jermaine Curse is one. Obviously he, he uh, had a sluggish year last year and, and you wonder how much that had to do with the system. It could have benefited from a fresh start, but the Jets haven't talked to his camp yet. Uh, and it certainly could happen, but it not, none talks yet um, uh, with his camp about a, about a return to the Jets. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who's getting up there in years. He's a complimentary receiver. The Jets need a number one receiver. He's a good locker room guy and has been a good mentor for Sam Darnold. They sit next to each other in the locker room, um, but but nothing rolling yet with the curse uh, situation. He's a pending free agent, obviously. Tough contract here for him last year. We got all this stuff up on the site if you want to read more about it. Curse is one guy. Another guy, Brandon Copeland. Uh, the Jets have talked to his, his camp about, about him coming back. Um, and so that's an interesting one. The, the fact that the Jets stuck with a 3-4 kind of bodes well for him because he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. You know, you wonder where he'd fit in a 4-3, if he could move up to end or not. Um, and he you know, played pretty well on a one-year contract last year, $1.2 million deal. Uh, let's see what he gets this time around, but the Jets have some interest in bringing him back. But another guy who's sort of between those two, it seems like right now, the Jets have had some some preliminary talks with Buster Screen. Um, I know people are obviously down on him, and he didn't always perform well during the course of his four-year contract he made 25 million dollars he made it through through the end of the deal and uh but he's obviously not getting that uh, this time around in terms of that money but um the jets have spoken to his camp about 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 uh, maybe bringing him back uh we'll see what what type of uh 
interest he has elsewhere. I'm, I'm sure he'd like to take the best offer, but he would like to stay in New York. He likes he likes uh, the area, um, and uh, we'll see what the Jets do. Maybe a one year deal because I know people are down on him. But remember, I mean Perry Nickerson is was his backup. There might not be a lot of great options out there in free agency or or the draft. So slot corner is a really important position. So. The Jets have to figure out what they're going to do there because it's not there's not a sure thing replacement for Buster Screen on the roster right now, which uh, they're certainly covering their bases trying to figure out what what his uh, demands and that sort of stuff would be in terms of money. So those are three guys that are uh, kind of interesting names to watch uh, here in the next week or two as we move toward the start of free agency. One player it seems the Jets would like to keep is Robbie Anderson. They placed a second round tender on the restricted free agent wide receiver. Yeah, that basically means he's coming back. I don't. Uh, the long and short of it is, if another team wants to sign Robbie Anderson, they have to, and the Jets don't match the offer or whatever. Um, they'd have to give up a second round pick. So they have to, they'd have to sign him and give up a second round pick. Like I, no one's doing that for Robbie Anderson. He's a pretty good player, but I would be stunned if if anyone gave up a second round pick for him. This was this case with Quincy and last year. The Jets applied. Uh, the, the the same deal, the, the second round restricted free agent uh, tender to him. Uh, and it's about $3 million, one year, $3 million contract. And Robbie Anderson will have a chance to become a true free agent next year. But so expect him back along with Quincy and Nunwa, And then we'll see what else the Jets do in receiver. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Jets met with a lot of these prospects, and in fact, two of them in particular mentioned the idea of playing with Sam Darnold in a very positive light. One of them is Stanford running back Bryce Love. The other was offensive tackle Jawan Taylor. Talk to me a little bit about some of the guys that the Jets interviewed here at the Combine. Yeah, they, those two guys are a couple notable ones. I mean, they cast a pretty wide net, and, and you know, basically what happens is this. We, you know, like to get these information on these meetings, uh, the players come into this big convention room ball you know a big room in, in the convention center where everything is kind of headquartered at the combine right next to the stadium where they do all the testing and and, and there's basically some small tables and then podiums where guys talk and they're 10 15 minute press conferences and they're asked all sorts of stuff during the press conferences and usually it's you know have you met with this team or whatever and and almost like 75 percent of the time it's yes so the, so teams cast a really wide net in pre-draft 
and draft pre- uh, you know preparations, and um, they meet with a lot of prospects, and and that doesn't really mean much of anything, quite frankly, because some of the meetings are formal, some are informal. Um, obviously, when the Jets had to need a quarterback, the the fact that they met with this guy or that guy or this guy, um, a little you know a little bit more newsworthy, but yeah, Br- Bryce Love is an interesting one. You mentioned him uh, from Stanford, a, a really interesting running back. Who now, obviously, the Jets aren't taking a running back at number three, but middle rounds potential uh, love had a, a really good year in 2017 and tailed off a little bit last year had some injuries uh and and just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit more another part of this um yes like maybe you know 75 percent of the guys say they met with the team in some capacity so don't i just caution people reading too much into it i know you know you'll see tweets out there from reporters like saying they only met they met with the team but you're never really explaining that it's really not that big of a thing that the teams are meeting with these guys. Um, the meetings themselves are important for the players and the team to get information about the player. They'll you know, have them break down film or whatever. I think people know by now what happens in those meetings. You know, Ask them about their past. Ask them about their season, and they'll have them break down some film, whatever, which is which is good, and it's important. And But the meetings are short, so it's hard to really gauge it. Um, for, your, for your top target guys, you bring them in for a pre-draft visit, which is what the Jets did with all their quarterbacks that they were looking at last year or they had a private workout type thing. Um, so there are more in-depth ways of, of getting information and, and feeling, getting a feel out for these players and sitting down with them for 15 minutes at the combine and what amounts to like speed dating. Uh, so that's like one part of it. Uh, another is that we ask and like you, you'll hear it like it's reported like as a quote, like, Oh, I'd love to play with Sam Arnold. Oh, I'd love to go to the Jets. I'd love to go to the Giants. The player is answering that way because he's being asked. He's not going up there and giving an opening statement or volunteering like, I'd love to play with Sam Darnold, like out of nowhere. I'd just like to start to say that I really want to play for the Giants. Like that doesn't, that's not how it works. Like the player is asked directly and they're going, obviously they're going to say they would like to play with a guy. They're not going to say like, he sounds like a real jerk. Like they're, they're up there saying all the right things. Um, and they also have no say in the matter about whether or not they can play with with Sam Darnold. So, um, you know, that bit of cynicism and, and kind of reality of the situation aside, um, it's certainly enticing for people to want to play with a young quarterback like Sam Darnold. And you saw what happened last year where the Bears were able to get some free agents um, with Mitch Trubisky uh, developing. Uh, now, I use the, uh, the the biggest, most appropriate word in this situation is free agents. It's not really the draft picks. It, who cares if they want to play with, you know, the guy? They have no choice. Uh, it's a matter of does a guy like Le'Veon Bell, how enticing is Sam Darnold as a recruiting tool for him? So that that's that. And uh, yeah, that's sort of how the prospect angle of it. It's a two-pronged thing at the Combine, the preparations for free agency and laying the groundwork with players' agents. And then also the, you know, the scouting of the prospects, which go, which is more than just watching the drills. It's, as I said, the meetings are important parts of the scouting process as well. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, I believe there's a gentleman by the name of Matt Rule that you may have run into down at the Combine along with Matt Stipulkowski. If memory serves correctly, he's the head coach at Baylor and may or may not have been a hothead coaching candidate in Jet circles not long ago. So tell me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, it's interesting. He, I'm not sure why he was here. He was here at the combine, kind of milling around that room that I mentioned where you'll see the prospects, um, uh, where the prospects come to talk to reporters, where they do their press conferences, have their media availability. And uh, Matt Stavokoski, um, a Kobe writer, went down and um, – he just he talked to Matt Rule for a couple seconds, you know, a few minutes, I think 70 minutes, you know, uh, introduce himself, whatever. And I, I don't think he asked him, what are you doing here? Because I guess it didn't really matter. Um, you see some of this sometimes where college coaches will come to support their players, watch their players. Um, this is sort of a, a downtime for those guys uh, because of the recruiting calendar is a little bit different. And this would have been after the old national signing day anyway. So it's a little bit of a low point in the, in the college football calendar. I wouldn't look into this to say like, Oh, Matt rolls at the combine trying to get an NFL job. I think that's out the window, at least for this year. Um, but yeah, he, he, Matt rule mentioned he was a little bit bummed and frustrated being a New York local guy at, uh, you know, some of the negative headlines. And I don't know necessarily if they were negative. I don't know if anyone really crushed him necessarily. Um, about, you know, how the things went down with the Jets, you know, that he didn't want to take the job because the Jets wanted him, uh, wanted to push a staff on him type thing. Uh, look, I think that role would have been a bad hire, but, you know, that's nothing against him personally. Um, that has more to do with his experience at different levels, but um, he didn't really clarify, though. He didn't, when Matt asked him directly, like, so, like, did that happen? Did the Jets say, like, we want this guy, that guy, or that guy? Um, there's kind of been mixed reports about whether the Jets did or didn't do that. Um, they asked, of course, the candidates to um, think about, you know, who they would like on their staff. And, you know, that weighs into the evaluation process. Um, you know, if the Jets say, like, defensive coordinator candidate A rather than B, you know, as posed by two different two different uh, head coaching candidates, you know, that's part of who they pick to be the head coach. So. There was certainly some kind of spin going on after after what happened um, with Matt Rule, and he kind of sort of um, addressed it. Um, I think the new, the newest thing was just his reaction to it all, like how um, it kind of bumped I me. Mean, I don't know if Jets fans really care about that, but <laughs> it kind of frustrated him a little bit how it all went down. But I think he's you know he's moving on. And hey, look, he's got, he's a guy who's going to get more opportunities down the road in the NFL. And, um, I certainly think he should maybe break into the league as a coordinator. If he's able to win big at Baylor, sure. Yeah, I think he could be a good hire, but I, I think I'd like to see more before I, um, you know, if I'm a GM or a owner giving him an NFL head coaching job. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, let's talk about the press conference that Gase and McCagnan had the other day. A lot of news and notes coming out of that, especially as it pertains to Gase, who is slowly but surely earning a reputation here to go along with what people knew about him in Miami as being a lot more open than we're used to with a head coach. So tell me a little bit about what you heard from McCagnan and Gase. Look, Tumbles didn't say anything. So it was only, <laughs> I think there was, there was nowhere to go but up there. 
Todd Bowles was a perfectly nice guy for us to deal with. Didn't didn't say anything, which whatever. I mean, that's that was his approach. Um, not going to begrudge him, but I, you know, it's nice to have a coach who says a little bit more. It's a little more revealing. It's nice to know more about what's going on with the team. I think all the fans, reporters appreciate the more information you can get, the better. Um, yeah. So Adam Gase addressed a bunch of issues. Um, you know, just going down some stuff that we wrote that you can read about in more depth on the site uh, on, on NJ.com. Uh, we, we asked um, Adam Gase about the Joe Vitt, Greg Williams marriage. And he obviously doesn't, I mean, if he had major concerns about it, I don't think he would have done it. So he stated the obvious that, you know, his, that his father-in-law, Adam Gase's father-in-law, Joe Vitt, the Jets' new outside linebackers coach, he has no concerns about tension between he and Greg Williams, the new defense coordinator. Of course, they worked together in New Orleans. And, uh, there, you know, what went down with Bounty Gate, where uh, there was a lot of negative things that Joe Vitt said about, about Greg Williams uh, years ago. And um, so let's see how it works out. But Adam Gase feels good about it right now. In terms of sticking with the defense, you know, the three, four defense stuff, why the Jets are sticking with it. He, you know, Adam Gase talked about, um, you know, the consistency of personnel that that's the, you know, that would be the, the most seamless thing to do right now. And that Greg Williams has run all sorts of different defenses. So it's not really an issue in that regard. Another interesting defensive storyline is, um, Leonard Williams and they're not going to trade him. The Jets aren't, uh, would they like to keep him long-term? Neither Adam Gase nor Mike McCagnan offered a direct answer on that. You know, Mike McCagnan doesn't really offer a direct answer on anything, but Adam Gase, you know, talked about, he doesn't, you know, the sack numbers don't really bother him that much because he looks at quarterback hits and things like that. We're just impacting the quarterback. So he, he's, he's high on Leonard Williams. Um, obviously he is, and, you know, he likes him and the Jets are going to keep him at least for 2019. So, um, in terms of what Mike McCagnan said, we addressed, we asked both those guys about Le'Veon Bell. They talked around it. Nothing really of note to say in terms of what they mentioned about Le'Veon Bell. We asked about Antonio Brown, and after you know talking about you know basically the conclusion you can draw right now or as of a couple days ago is that the Jets have not actively reached out about Antonio Brown. They they've done their research, they've done their homework, um, but. It, it's not something they've actively uh, sought out right now. Um, but, you know, Mike McCagnum would be foolish. To, I mean, he places a call about every guy. So eventually, or he at least, you know, will talk to Kevin Colbert and, uh, and at the combine about, you know, I'm sure he'll ask him about what the price would be. The judge, you know, McCagnum should take a look, listen. It's free. It's free information. What do the Steelers want for Tony O'Brown? Even if you have no interest in trading for him, the information can't hurt. So I wrote something like that up there. Like, why? You know, you don't have to trade for the guy. I think it would be a bad trade, but at least get the information about what the Steelers would want. I think at some point, I'm sure McCagnum will do that, but there has not been active, not an active pursuit right now of Antonio Brown. And, and, and we'll see. I think league wide, maybe that's a function of the Steelers wanting more than people are willing to willing to put out there. And and one other thing about Adam Gates, Adam Gates is very high in Chris Herndon. People have seen that unicorn quote. Uh, <laughs> I guess you know what he's trying to say is he's a he's a rare player who can kind of do it all as a tight end. Um, and uh, he really likes how well rounded Chris Herndon is, and we'll see if he can build on the the, the uh, strong end to his rookie season. A slow start, strong end, similar to Sam Darnold, and, and so let's see if those guys can grow together under Adam Gase. Mike McKagan is open to trading the number three pick, and he's open to doing it with the Giants at six, which would be the, the opposite of what the Jets did last year, the six to three, three to six thing. Now, of course, like another caveat, like I feel like you know I try to explain this as clearly as possible in these stories. What else is the guy going to say? It would be the dumbest thing ever if he got up there and said, we're not trading the pick or we don't want to trade with the Giants. Like, 
why? Like, that would be so stupid. Keep your options open, which is what he's doing. He's publicly keeping his options open. Um, and the big question becomes, what should they want from the Giants? For them? That's more interesting to me than, than the guy just saying, yeah, we're, we'd be willing to trade down or we'd be willing to do a trade with the Giants. Uh and they're like the Jets and Giants are not mortal enemies. Why would he like not <laughs> not want to do a trade? Who cares? He'd do a trade with any team that'd be willing to help him. Could they get more than the three second round picks they got last year? That's the interesting question to me. I don't think they could. Could they get the same? That's an interesting one too because the quarterback market is different this year in the draft, and the number of quarterback needy teams are different this year. And the Giants might not even need to move because if the Jaguars get Nick Foles. That could have an impact on things. So there's a lot of ripple effects here um, that could impact what the Jets might be able to get. And Mike McCagnon actually was pretty forthright with saying, um, you know, when you trade up for a quarterback, the price goes up beyond the trade chart value, number one. And number two, the closer you get to the draft, remember how early the Jets traded up last year in St. Patrick's Day, the closer you get to the draft, the price goes up too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he can say that. That's not like a, there's no governing body. Like just saying that that's absolutely has to be the truth every time. But um, I think that that's what Mike McKagan is saying is he, he, he wants no small haul if someone's willing to move up. And especially if everyone in the world knows that they're moving up for a quarterback. So um, that was sort of the rundown of what those guys, what those guys said. I think people latched on mostly to that to the, the trading situation with the pick and rightfully so. I think it, it's an interesting analysis to consider beyond just the statement that they could trade the pick and they could trade with the giants. But I, like I said, I don't know if the giants will need to, like if they know the Jaguars, you say the Jaguars get falls at seven, that probably means the Jaguars are not jumping over the giants to move ahead to get that first quarterback off the board. In which case the giants at six would be the, probably the first quarterback needy team. You look at those other t- quarterback, potentially needy teams, the Dolphins, Bengals, Washington, they're down at 11, 13, 15. That's a long way to go to get up above six. So just a bunch of, you know, just a bunch to consider about where the pieces are on the board. Any other general news or notes coming out of the combine that we missed? No, I think that's, you know, that's kind of it in terms of the Jets Giants perspective. I mean, there's obviously, you know, stuff league wide that's, that's going on you know, Jason Witten coming back. That'll be interesting to see. <laughs> that was sort of the news of, of yesterday. Um, uh, but um, nothing, uh, nothing uh, crazy. I, I, I don't think the, the Robbie Anderson thing was all that surprising. Um, that was a move the Jets absolutely had to make. But the one thing to watch, maybe from a Jet perspective, that people haven't, maybe I haven't really been on Twitter, so I don't know if, but maybe people are, may or may not be, Looking at it like this with the Nick Foles thing, so they're gonna the Eagles will let Nick Foles walk. So that's that's like domino effect number one. And the Jaguars need a quarterback because Blake Borders was terrible, and um and and so they appear to be the early front runner for Foles. And as I said, the do- third domino, of course, being the fact that the Jaguars might not need to draft a quarterback at seven, which could affect the Jets, uh, the Jets <laughs> trade market for for the number three pick. So those are like a bunch of dominoes, starting with Nick Foles. Uh, being allowed to leave in free agency, which he was going to go anyway. They were never going to be able to trade him um, and franchise tag him and trade him. Um, those are those are some dominoes that could affect what McCagnan does. And and Sunday's a big day to watch for for that because if McCagnan falls in love with a bunch of defensive linemen or edge rushers, um, and he knows he knows what these guys can do already. He's seen our film. He's not going to be like, oh my god, Quentin Williams is actually a good player. I had no idea. <laughs> by watching him, you know, run the three cone drill. <laughs> like um, Sunday will be big because the, the defensive lineman, all the D linemen, all the linebackers, you know, edge rushers and outside linebackers, however you want to label a guy, inside linebackers, the Jets don't have a big need there. Interior linemen, 
uh, ends, they're all working out on Sunday in terms of their, their, their drills. So that is really important. The Jets, surely, if they're staying at three, uh, odds are they're taking an edge rusher or, or Quinn and Williams. So that's a fascinating day to watch. If you're hanging out at home on Sunday and you want to want to see how athletic Quinn and Williams is, well, you should probably just put on YouTube and like look at his actual <laughs> game film. That would be a better indicator of how he plays football, you know, than him not wearing any football gear and running around in, you know, street in uh, shorts and a t-shirt. But, you know, if you really want to watch him work out of the combine, that's Sunday. So, and if you saw the national championship game, that dude, that dude moves really well. And Cleland and Farrell's no slouch either from Clemson. So the Jets will have some interesting options at three. Uh, you know, I think that they, they could they could wind up staying there and, and wind up getting a really good prospect with emphasis on that word. There's no, no telling what type of player he'll become. Remember how high everybody was on Leonard Williams? And they said he could have been the best player in that draft. And, look, he's been fine. But we all know he's had his shortcomings. So you never really know. It's an educated guess. Daryl, last sort of business i got to ask. You've been in Indianapolis the whole week. Any food report, anything fun that you guys did? Did you guys pick on Connor Hughes from the athletic at all? <laughs> yeah. We yeah, we we busted his chops a little bit, but uh, <laughs> nothing major. Uh so uh uh we had a good, we all had a, we all hung out and had a really good time on Tuesday and I went to the Butler game at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Really cool nice. um really cool sport sports venue i mean that's got to be top 15 top 20 sports venue in the whole country easily so cool hoosiers happened there they filmed the movie well the, the what the events that led to hoosiers happened there they filmed the movie hoosiers there um it was awesome that was fantastic i then i went to a the pacers game last night because these tickets were insanely cheap they were like ten dollars a piece on StubHub, including fees so tuesday night was the butler game last night the pacers played each like for 10 bucks on stuff. I didn't been to an NBA game since like 1994 at the garden. Like <laughs> that was like so long ago, like New York city wasn't safe. Like, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I like drove down with my uh, 12 years old, went down with my, my buddy and his dad. And we saw like Nick's Pistons back when like the Pistons had those teal jerseys. It was like years ago. Uh, and I'm not an NBA guy, but it was cool. It was fun. Carl Anthony towns. That guy's incredible. You know, this big seven foot guy who can shoot flat footed three pointers. Unreal. Um, so the talent of those guys in the NBA is fantastic. I'm not super interested in the, in the league overall, but that was a good experience to go do that. We had some good meals, went to, uh, didn't do any of the steakhouses. Those are usually overcrowded, overpriced and overrated during combine week. Um, but had a, a couple good meals and, and, um, one of the really good, there's a place called Oakley's Bistro, which is out in the suburbs. Actually, you kind of have to, uh, get in an Uber and go 20 minutes to get there, but I, it's one of the better restaurants in India. It's uh, kind of off the beat path, but uh oakley's at least i think like the sunglasses uh same spelling not associated with it but overall good trip a little bit of a little bit of fun and, and certainly uh a bunch of work if you can call it work i guess and uh you know trying to figure out what the jets may or may not do here trying to figure out what the jets may or may not do and checking out some basketball not a bad way to spend a couple of days daryl slater of nj.com and new jersey advanced media as always thanks so much for coming on i know you gotta go catch a flight but before you go why don't you let everybody know what you and matt stipulkowski have cooking up at nj.com yeah all the stuff i mentioned i mean all that stuff that we just talked about you know written about in more depth on um on nj.com and uh you can go check it out and um Appreciate everybody reading, and we'll have stuff throughout the weekend uh, about the combine in terms of how guys are doing and the winners and losers and all that good stuff. So appreciate everybody reading. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, I'm headed back to, uh, I guess there's snow on the ground in Jersey, so it's probably just as cold as here. So uh, 
uh, heading back soon. So appreciate you having me. There is snow on the ground here in Jersey. So welcome back, Daryl. Start making a snowman when you get here. Say hi to Matt and Andy and Connor for me. Have a safe flight back. I'm glad you had a good trip. Make sure that you go over to NJ.com and check out everything that Daryl and Matt have up there. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.